You're listening to HR Mavericks, a weekly podcast featuring leading small business HR professionals who share their experiences and insights to help you know how to turn your HR processes and employee experience into a strategic business advantage. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the next episode of the HR Mavericks podcast. Today, I'm joined by Tamara Jones in Minnesota, my some of my old stomping grounds. Love to have you uh, here on the show. We're super happy to have you here on the show, Tamara. And Tamara is a senior HR generalist at Minnesota Indian Women's Resource Center. Tamara, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? It's doing great. It's great to have you on the show. I love it when I can find people who live in Minnesota. I loved living there a couple of years ago when I was there. So hope everything is okay. I know the weather can be kind of crazy. You mentioned a hailstorm recently. Yeah, just about an hour and a half ago, we had a hailstorm come through um, just as we were getting to the end of a training about trauma. And so it was, <laughs> it was a fitting end to the day, I guess. I guess so. Wow. Well, I, I mean, I, this is, we're not here to talk about Minnesota, but for anyone who hasn't been there, like I highly recommend it. It's a beautiful place. So Tamara, we're super excited to have you on the show today. Um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about what you do and your career background? So um, thanks for having me on, Garrett. My um, my background in HR is unusual. So um, I, you're right. I'm currently working for the Minnesota Indian Women's Resource Center as their senior HR generalist. Um, and you know, kind of, I just started there about three and a half weeks ago and just kind of had to hit the ground running. Um, but before that, <clears throat> excuse me, I worked in the labor movement and I've spent my career working in the labor movement. I worked, I've worked for three different unions. <coughs> excuse me. And, um, and so throughout that time, I was a, a union representative. So I negotiated contracts. I sat on hiring panels. I helped develop policy. But my primary goal was to represent workers in disputes or issues with their employers. So I come to HR with this wealth of knowledge about what are workers looking for? What are they interested in? Um, what are some of the pitfalls out there? And so so I bring all that knowledge and now I'm just kind of sitting on the other side of the table and thinking, how can we do this better? Yeah. It doesn't have to be a battle. I love that. I think you have such a unique perspective to provide that many in the HR space don't. And so that's awesome that, like you said, you've been able to sit on both sides of the table there in your career and have that perspective to bring. So um, we're super excited to have you on the show. I know you've been an active member of the HR Mavericks community since we started last year. So we love your contributions and excited to dive into this topic with you. Should we jump into it? Great. We should. Okay. Well, while you and I were talking about what do we talk about today on the show, you kind of mentioned um, this idea that's really top of mind for so many small businesses, which is really about how do you prevent employee turnover? And I loved, you know, you sent me a, a proposed title and it was why is everyone leaving us? Right. And I'm sure there's many mm -hmm. businesses, especially small businesses out there who are feeling that right now, like what is happening as, you know, we have this great resignation or migration as so many different employees are switching jobs the last few years. And so we want to talk a little bit more about that today. And so to really jumpstart that conversation, um, I just want to ask you what, why do you think 
that we are seeing such high employee turnover right now. Obviously, there are you know major um, changes that have impacted the entire country and world with COVID and and so many other things the last few years. But you know, outside of those things, why else do you feel like you know there is such high employee turnover, especially with small businesses? So I, I don't think we can discount the pandemic and what the pandemic brought forth in the in the workforce. And maybe this was kind of a revolution in the making and this the pandemic just hastened it. Yeah. Um, but really what I think it um what it did was give workers, it gave workers a chance to realize what they've been missing and what um and how work isn't everything. And it is possible to be home and work. It is possible to have a work-life balance. It's possible to, to you know, hang out with your friends and have fun and, and still get your work done because the nature of remote work allowed, allowed for that flexibility. Um, and obviously it's not a perfect solution, right? Because there's like direct support services where you you can't have the ability to work from home. But I think it really, it really woke all workers up. And I include HR in that. And I include, mm-hmm. you know, CEOs, we're all workers. It woke us up to like there is more to life and work. When you think about it, we spend more time with our coworkers than we do with our family. And I think the pandemic reversed that. Yeah. Because we were we were working from home and we had our kids like, you know, we had we had to take care of our pets. We had to deal with things because we literally had to. Yeah. And we realized, I think that, um, that we, we could have both. Um, and that we, we, I would almost say sort of changed our values a little bit from that kind of American work first overall to, you know what? No, we need that balance. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I totally agree. I think the pandemic was probably just the catalyst of this, if you will, right? Like this is probably something that's probably been in the making for a while and people have thought about it, maybe talked about it, but you know, to have everyone be forced to be home for a while, some people not working, some people working remotely, it it is a change in mindset, right? For so many, you know, workers. And so then the next question then becomes, if you can't, have that balance or get that once this pandemic has, you know, we've slowly gotten back into semi-normal life, right? For many of us, Mm -hmm. then you start wondering if there's somewhere else you can go where you can find that balance. Is that right? I absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things we talked about is like, what are employees looking for? I don't know that employees are necessarily looking for more money. Certainly when I left my last position, it wasn't because I was looking for more money. I just needed that better work-life balance. And, and so I think people are looking for work-life balance. They're looking for pay equity. They're looking for um, what other benefits, tangible benefits or intangible does your company provide? Um, and are you willing to meet me where I'm at? Yeah. And, and I also think um, employees are more, or I shouldn't say employees, but workers are more able now to, um, what's the word, um, voice what their needs are. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, I think articulate what their needs are is, is what I was trying to say. 
Yeah, no, I completely agree. So, so we're, we're now in this state where so many businesses are seeing employees leave. And so what can these small businesses do to really engage employees and, you know, over time improve their retention? So I was joking as I was walking out um, with a couple of my coworkers today um, about not why you shouldn't do pizza parties. And I, and I think I put that in an email to you Yeah, and it's not that you shouldn't do pizza parties, right? Because, you know, I like pizza. We had pizza for lunch today. Everyone's, you know, laughing and joking about the pizza. It's doing the pizza party in lieu of other things or as in, or as, as on, the only reward. And, and I'm reminded of, um, yeah, I think I saw in one of the HR Facebook groups that um, there was a, a post that went a little viral where the company was doing this huge sales promotion. They were promising a huge reward to the sales team that did the best, um, got the best deal. Um, and so everyone pitched in, like the goal was exceeded. And then the reward was four bags of Hostess donuts. <laughs> that was the big reward. So, so when, and when I think about that, I think like, okay, so that was their big reward. Now, when you say I'm, we're going to make our next sales pitch, what's going to happen? <laughs> you know, not only is your team that was the star before, we're going to be like, we just got big four bags of donuts. That team, so that team's not going to participate or be excited about it. But the message that is sent throughout the company to to the entire company, not just the sales part, but to your janitor, to your receptionist, to, you know, your CEO, well, you know, is that we're only worth four bags of donuts. And yeah. so I think you can do pizza parties, but you have to give better. You have to do better than just pizza. You have to find out what they, what your employees, what motivates them and what do they, what do they want? Which kind of ties into the biggest thing about improving retention, including your employees in the decisions that affect them for, and including them in the discussions that, that involve them and from, from the top down, from the bottom up. And I think it's almost more important to go from the bottom up yeah. um, because when they have ownership and buy-in into what decisions are being made, what policies you're putting into place that gives them um, agency, it gives them a loyalty um, and gives them that feeling of inclusion. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I, as you're talking, I'm just, I'm just thinking about the last episode that um, we did for HR Mavericks. We really talked about culture. I had a guest on that. We talked about culture, and one of the things he said that really stood out to me is really when it comes down to culture, there's like two things that employees need. It's they need trust and they need psychological safety in the workplace, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, there's there, there can be other tools and things that people need to get their job done, but like those are some of the two most important things. And so really, as I'm hearing you explain, you know, what you just did, I'm just thinking about, you know, it really comes down to trust, right? You're building a culture mm -hmm. in that organization that hopefully employees feel valued and they feel trusted. And if you can do that in the right way, and many times, you do that through your policies and other things that you put in place, right? So we talk about, you know, going back to the culture analogy, we, we think about culture and we think about Google and, you know, companies that have food and ping pong tables or pizza parties, right? And, but mm -hmm. really, if that's where it starts um, and ends, you're going to fall short every time. It really comes back to trust and safety, People feel safe and they feel valued. 
And then some of those other things can help them feel rewarded and valued again. Is that right? I absolutely. And, and I think, um, just in my experience, when you're thinking about policies and you're thinking about building that trust again, when you, it's easy to come up with the bright idea for a policy, but if you don't, think it through and you don't talk to the people that are going to, the policies can affect and get their input, the policy will be not as effective. Um, and so having that communication um, builds that trust and builds that value. And I, and I'm a huge fan of Stephen Farber and I, and it's absolutely right about that psychological safety. Um, if you don't feel safe at the workplace, you're also not going to stay and it creates that toxic culture. Yeah, totally. That makes total sense. So I want to ask you then, you mentioned policies, you mentioned including employees in important decisions and discussions. What are examples of that that are common, especially with small businesses where you should definitely, you know, you'd recommend that these small businesses make sure that employees are included? Oh, there's, there's so many. And, and I know like people think small businesses don't need to have policies um, because we're just a big family or, you know, but I think what policies do, and you don't even have to call them policies, you can call them whatever you want, but they, they lay out that expectation and that accountability. And I think, you know, PTO is a good one, um, you know, making sure that you have equity, which equity doesn't necessarily mean equality. Not everybody has to get eight hours of PTO. If if it doesn't make sense for their job, like you want to make sure that you're looking at it as from an equitable standpoint, dress codes is another one. Um, you know, if you say everybody has to be in business casual, well, that that might be great for your front facing people. But why does your your janitor have to be in business casual? And does that make sense for him if he's dealing with chemicals to clean the floor? Like khaki pants are going to wear out really fast. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. so, you know, making sure that you're, whoever the policy is going to affect, you should think about, um, are there, you should think about two things. One, from a, a racial equity lens, just like, are there unintentional consequences to your least played employees or your most vulnerable employee? So you want to include that person in the conversation because they're going to bring something to the table that you didn't think about. Um, and again, it creates that, that value, um, that they, the, my employer is listening to me. They care what I want to, what I have to say, and they want to make it better for me. Yeah, and that will no. help reduce your turnover. I think you're absolutely right. Really, when it comes down to it, when you can include employees in those decisions and discussions, they feel trust, they feel engaged, and ultimately, like what it comes back to is that ultimately helps improve your retention, right? Right, and and a, a good example is um, right now. But my work, we're talking about family leaves um, and looking at changing the family leave policy and and to to create paid family leave, which um, is an important aspect of of the community that I'm working in. And so we are we have a policy committee that includes everybody um, or representation from all of the different different groups that we have so that we get that input so that when we present it to the board, we've taken into account everybody. And we take into account that, again, that equity doesn't mean equal, but that it's elite, that it is as equitable as we can make it. 
Yeah. Really good points. I think that's so good. You know, the next question I really have for you is, um, you kind of mentioned this when we were, you know, talking about, um, this topic today, and you mentioned this phrase of how can small businesses make sure that their grass is the greener grass in the long run, right? Because so many times employees, think that the grass is greener somewhere else. Right. And so when it comes down to it, how can, you know, businesses make it appear and in reality have their grass be the greener grass. So I, so there's a, there's a lot of different ways to, to answer this question. But I think the first, the first thing you, you have to do is you have to talk to your employees. You have to talk to your current employees about what do they like about being here? What does, what is making them stay? And, you know, what could they improve? And, it, and it's a difficult conversation. So I, so I prefer to do um, the surveys, which, you know, they're not the best, right? Like, but if you do an anonymous survey, then people don't feel like they're being put on the spot. Mm-hmm. And they can feel like they have the freedom to to express themselves. I don't know that it always is great for creating that dialogue, but at least it gives you some information to start from. Um, and so to find out what they love, what they don't love, and then get their get their their thoughts and ideas about the company. Um, but also exit interviews. You have to do those exit interviews, especially if you are blindsided by an employee leaving. I mean, you you tend to know when somebody's thinking about leaving, if you're, if you're in touch with your group, but if it comes out of the blue, like you want to talk to that employee, like, you know, did they get offered something they couldn't refuse either, you know, way more money or, um, you know, were they given a chance at a, at a, a large title increase, you know, whatever it is, but having those conversations um, as to why employees are leaving. But again, to keep your your grass greener is really about talking to your current staff about what's important to them. Why are they staying there? What could be improved upon? And then like just staying ahead of trends and watching and educating yourself. Um, so like the trend over the last year, and you probably could talk to this more than I can because I'm just like scratching the surface as we start to look at our PTO policy is that unlimited PTO, mm-hmm. you know, Everybody, that was like the hot thing for a while. And now I think people are seeing that it, it's not working. And so you probably know a little bit more about it than yeah. I do. But, um, you know, so that was the greener grass for a long time, but maybe it's not the, the best. Yeah. Just staying educated. Yeah. I think you make some really good points there. And I think, again, it comes back to making sure that the people on your team feel trusted and they feel valued, that they're part of the conversation. And that then the second piece is that you don't let things get stale. It's really easy to let things get stale, especially if you have a company that's been around for a while, you always can fall back on this is how we've always done it. Right. But ideally your policies, your procedures, your company, your culture should be evolving with the needs of who you have working there. Right. So making sure you can always come back to it and have an open dialogue about what needs to change. And so people feel valued being able to share that. And you're regularly seeking out input from others on how you can improve and evolve and change. And if you approach it from that mindset, I think that's, that's at least what I'm hearing you say. That's how in the long run, you show that you have the greener grass, quote unquote, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, in an example of, 
that I have is like, is we talk in the, in the labor community, we do labor management committees. And, you know, there's some, there's some negative around it. Like people's always like, they're just going to be a big gripe session. Um, But when you have an effective committee and you work, both sides work to be effective. um, You can, you can make actual change and solve actual problems. And so a couple examples that I have is, um, there was a nursing home in it that I represented and um, the, it was right up against the train tracks. And at night um, the, the, the employees didn't necessarily feel safe going out to their car at shift change mm-hmm. um, because their parking lot wasn't well lit. There was no money to replace the lights in the parking lot. Cause you know, nursing homes, not swimming in money. Yeah. Um, and so so we brought the problem to the table and said, we have to make our employees feel safe. Our members feel safe. And managers like, well, obviously we need to make them feel safe. And so we worked through figuring out a buddy system, paid time hmm. so that like employees got paid to like walk each other to the car and like make sure that people got in safe until there was money to fix the lights. Yeah. And then along the same time at, at a hospital, um, there's a big hospital complex and they went to electronic pay stubs, but you could print out your own. And but there was no printer in um, in the in the building that um, the members that I represented worked in. And when I left, they still we went through seven layers of bureaucracy. To, they still had to walk a mile to go print their their pay stubs. And so that's an example of when it doesn't work. Like it should have just been somebody should have just been able to say put a printer over there like how how hard is that but don't get so bogged down in the bureaucracy of it like if it makes sense just do it yeah I think those are such great points. Really, really good examples. So um, awesome. Tamara, this has been such a great conversation. I really appreciate you joining and sharing some of your stories and insights. Um, As we kind of wrap up here, one question I like to ask all of the guests that we have on the show is really just what's, what's one thing that you think our listeners should do this week to improve their HR people functions. And again, it doesn't necessarily have to be related to what we talked about today, but what's, what's one of those tangible tips that you would recommend people go and do this week? So when you were talking about this question, as I was thinking about the answer, so I have three, but I'll be brief. Good. So the first one is make sure you're joining HR Mavericks if you haven't already, but if you're watching the podcast, you probably have. Um, second is I really like what Stephen Farber is saying about communication. I think he's making some really good strides. And I, so I'd encourage you to, to check out his LinkedIn and his podcast. Um, and then really start looking at your policies with an equity lens and make sure that you're looking at those consequences to your to your most vulnerable employee, whether that's a single mom or, you know, um, so an, an immigrant. Um, make sure that the policies come from that lens of equity. I love that. Really, really great. And appreciate the plug for the HR Mavericks community there, too. So, Tamara, thank you again for taking the time to, to join us and share your insights with us. If there are listeners who want to get in contact with you, maybe they have follow-up questions on the topic or just want to pick your brain on something else. What's the best way for them to, to do that? The easiest way would be to just find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on there quite often. Um, or you can go to miwrc.org and find me on the website there. 
Awesome. Well, I'd encourage you to reach out to Tamara if you have questions for her. We will drop that information in the show notes. You can find it there also. So Tamara, hope you have a great rest of the day with limited hailstorms in Minnesota. Cross your fingers. Thanks. Thank you. Today, enduring companies know that their people are their most important assets and they invest in helping them excel. But often, small businesses with limited HR resources struggle to manage their people, payroll, and processes efficiently and create an environment where frontline, deskless employees thrive. That's why we created Eddie. Eddie is the all-in-one HR suite built for local businesses that streamlines tedious HR processes and improves the employee experience for frontline workers. With Eddie, you can hire, manage, pay, and engage employees with one easy-to-use software. No headache required. You've already done the hard part by creating a great business. Now let us help you take it to the next level. Visit eddie.com today to request a demo.